Hi, Alex, and welcome to the Nine Months Podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for trusting me with your birth stories today. Um, would you like to start by introducing yourself and who's in your family and what you do and all of that? Sure, yeah. Um, my name is Alex Mooney and live in St. Louis, Missouri in the U.S. Um, I have five kiddos. Oldest is Patrick. Uh, he's almost nine. Uh, second is Rosie. She's almost seven. Third is Annie. She is almost five. Our fourth, uh, his name is Clark. He unfortunately was stillborn back in 2018. And then our fifth and final last baby, there's no more, um, is Teddy. <laughs> <laughs> and he just turned two in November. Oh, that's wonderful. Sounds like a, like a big crew. <laughs> it is, it is, it is a big crew. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I taught, I was a teacher for 11 years, um, taught both like middle and high school. And three years ago, I just quit cold Turkey to just focus on photography because that's where my heart was. And I wanted to just do that. I didn't want to have to teach anymore. I wanted mm -hmm. I wanted to just do that. I, I wanted to work for myself. And it was the biggest, giantest leap of scary, scary, scariness because I didn't <laughs> know, you know, I was giving up a, a, a full-time job with a full-time salary and mm -hmm. all the benefits that go with it just to do this thing on my own. It was very scary to do that, but I, I can say three years in, it was the absolute best decision of my life. And I would do it all over again if I, if I needed to. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that. And you take um, birth, uh, you're a birth photographer, right? Yes. Yeah. So I do births, babies and families. Um, so births are kind of like my big ticket item. We have wedding photographers who do weddings, right? Minor. I do births. Um, mm -hmm. And then I also do like lifestyle newborns and, and lifestyle family sessions um, occasionally some maternity photos and stuff, but really just centered around families and celebrating their, their, you know, their new beginnings and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's wonderful. That's how I found you. I started following you on Instagram <laughs> <laughs> and we'll share how you guys that are listening can start following Alex also after she tells her stories, but they're beautiful, beautiful pictures of, of birth that I think every parent should have. And I sort of, I didn't do that for my, my births. And I sort of thinking that if I ever have a third, I'm definitely going to have a birth photographer. <laughs> yes. I mean, I didn't for my first, gosh, I three. And, you know, I, it's obviously hindsight is 2020, but yeah, mm. I so wish I had those photos because, you know, I have the ones for my last two and I love them and, you know, I wish I had them for the older ones, but that's why I kind of try to project that onto people when they inquire is like, you'll never regret getting these done. Mm. Um, you'll regret not doing them, but I've never had anybody come back and be like, I wish we didn't do pictures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. All right. So should we, um, start with your journey to becoming pregnant the first time then did you guys plan to have a baby and yeah. Find out. Yeah. So with our first, um, we had just gotten married and 
you know, we know, knew we wanted to have kids kind of right away. Um, my husband's like six and a half years older than me. And, you know, our big thing was he didn't want to be in his, you know, fifties having raising little kids. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, he want, we wanted to have kids when we were young and had the energy for it and, you know, all that stuff. So yeah, we started trying right away and, you know, very fortunate that, you know, just a few months after we got married that we found out we were pregnant and we both were very excited because it was going to be the first grandkid on either of our sides. So yeah, it was just, it was very exciting. And when I was teaching, um, you know, a lot of teachers try to time pregnancies, you know, as best as they can, if they can, you know, have the luxury of doing that. And fortunately for us, you know, we timed it and, you know, our first was due at the end of April and school gets out the end of May. So it was like, perfect. Mm -hmm. I'll miss the last month of school, have the summer off and then come back when, you know, the baby's three-ish, three and a half months old, um, which is like ideal because you're not having to burn all your sick days because here in the U S we have absolutely horrible maternity coverage and maternity leave. Oh gosh, that's a whole nother Mm -hmm. story. But yeah, (laughs) um, most school districts, um, it's, oh yeah, you can take up to 12 weeks, but it's, if you don't have the sick days to cover that it's unpaid. Um, so, you know, it was my first, no, it was my third year in the fourth year, I think fourth year in that district. So I had mm-hmm. banked, I had banked several, several weeks already. So it was great because, you know, I, I was able to, you know, not have to dip into my, you know, get on paid leave um, yeah. for that. So, so yeah, I mean, my pregnancy with him was, I, you know, now looking back was incredibly easy. Um, <laughs> I was, <laughs> you know, I, I think I was that naive first time parent who didn't know what to expect. And I had zero morning sickness. I mean, I remember I was super tired, but really nothing else, just very easy pregnancy. Um, we did not find out what we were having. So we wanted to be surprised. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess around like 34 weeks, my, you know, bundle, fundus height, whatever was starting to measure very large. And mm. my OB was like, Hey, let's do some, you know, gross scans just to make sure it's not excess fluid or, you know, all that stuff. So, um, look, the baby was measuring quite large and, mm. you know, what she t- said, you know, is maybe accurate, but maybe not. And she said, you know, we're just going to kind of watch it. Well, when I hit 37 weeks, my OB hit 40 weeks herself because she was pregnant and she had a baby. So (laughs) she left. And again, first time mom, just kind of naive with everything. And she was the only OBGYN I had ever seen. Like I had been with her forever. And Mm. all of a sudden I'm with some random guy that I'd never met when Mm. I'm you know, less than a month away from my due date. And it was just completely like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I'm with this new person and hopefully it'll be okay. And I'm, you know, technically full term. And, you know, and I went to my first appointment with him and he, 
really does more like GYN stuff. So more like, you know, reconstructive surgery and pelvic mesh and very, very rarely got OB patients, like would typically have older patients. And I remember the first appointment I walked in and he was just like, why is she ordering ultrasounds? And I was like, oh, well, you know, she's concerned about the baby's size. And he's like, we're canceling these. The baby is not, the baby's fine. And I was like, and it was, he just contradicted everything my OB who I trusted, you know, said, and it was like, wait, what? And, you know, and so Mm -hmm. then I'm like, wait, is he right? You know, is she right? And he would never tell me like what my belly was measuring. Um, He just was like, it's fine. And you know, and I said, okay, well, you know, I'm having a lot of like back pain and, you know, it's just, it, it, you know, I'm very uncomfortable. He's like, well, that's just the part of pregnancy you're in. You know, if you didn't know that this was part of it, maybe you shouldn't have gotten pregnant. I mean, just very, oh, oh <laughs> awful. And of course now looking back, I'm like, why did I not, why did I not fire him and go find a new mm. provider right then and there, but your first baby. And I didn't know, you know, this was, no, you know, nine years ago, I, mm-hmm. I didn't know what I do now. And, yeah. you know, so it was just, it was horrible. So, you know, my OB had said, you know, she was concerned about the size and was, you know, offering me if we wanted to do an induction at 39 weeks, she was going to offer that. And of course, at that point in my pregnancy, I'm like, yes, I'm done. Like get this baby, <laughs> get this baby out. And well, he said, absolutely not. Like, I will not induce you till well past your due date. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, I don't want to go past my due date. Like I, I, I'm, I, I, you know, and he's like, no, like absolutely no. Like he did not listen. And, you know, it was just, it was horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so finally at five days past my due date, mm-hmm. my begging and pleading paid off. He's like, well, you're like three centimeters now. So I guess, I guess we can try it. He's like, but I'm just not optimistic that this isn't going to end in a section. So, you know, I'm like, again, looking back, I'm like, what was I thinking? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but again, I, I didn't know. And at that point you're so, I was so clouded by like, I just want this baby out. Like, I don't care how it gets out. I just want this baby out. And so when you know, went to the hospital, was induced, you know, now looking back, I had a very speedy induction, um, you know, especially for a first time mom, like I think they started Pitocin around one or 2 PM and I was ready to push like at 9 PM. So pretty, yeah, pretty quick. Um, so my, yeah, my body did its thing, you know, at, I think like I made about seven centimeters and was like, I need an epidural, which, you know, is I, that's fine. Drug me up. I just wanted, I just wanted this baby out. And I like 9 PM ish started pushing and pushing and pushing and tried all of the positions I could possibly try while, you know, having an epidural, obviously you're semi-limited in that capacity. Mm-hmm. And the baby was not even budging. Like there was no, like, you know, even little tiny movements there, there was nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and at like 1130 ish, my nurse was like, I don't think this baby is coming. She's like, we have made zero progress. You know, it's like 
the baby is stuck up against your, you know, your pubic bone. I was like, okay, you know, and at this point I'm exhausted. I've been pushing forever. I feel like, you know, I was going to push every part of my insides out of my body. And she's like, I think we're going to need to do a section. Let me call the doctor. Well, you know, now again, hindsight, the doctor never even came into my room. He just like took the nurse's word for it and (laughs) met us back in the OR, which, you know, now as a birth photographer, I'm like, I've been in you know, a handful of, of situations like this, where it just, nothing was working or baby was deselling or, or something. And it was like, okay, we need to go back and get this baby out safely. And, mm-hmm. you know, this, this OB like never came in to like assess and in like, Hey, let's, let's see if you are effectively pushing or, you know, so that was yeah. weird, which again, at the time I didn't know any different, but now looking back, I'm like, Oh my gosh, so many red flags that mm-hmm. I wish, I wish I could go tell 2013 Alex about, but, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we went back to the OR and, you know, I was just exhausted and shaky from the epidural and then they dosia. And it was just, it was, and then like my, you know, vagina was like on fire. I remember, even though I had the epidural because I pushed so hard and, um, he, uh, you know, they're like, okay, it's time for baby. And I remember looking over at the clock and it was 1159 and I'm like, are they really going to pull this baby out? right before midnight, which here in the U S you get four nights in the hospital for a C-section and Mm -hmm. your first night is when baby is born. So I'm like, this is going to be my first night. I, this is going to be my first night is going to be this. And sure enough, they, and of course, again, I was so tired. I wasn't of sound mind to be like, can you guys wait like 30 seconds? But, <laughs> but yeah, pulled them out 20 seconds before midnight. Wow. Um, so that was night one in the hospital. I have zero pictures of him on his actual birthday. Mm. Um, because I think my husband had our camera, but like, this is another thing I try to like tell you know, birth clients is that 99 times out of a hundred, your partner or support person or whoever you have in there that you think you can trust with a phone or a camera mm-hmm. usually doesn't do it because they're just so caught up in, oh my gosh, my child is being born and, you know, and are, are just consumed with that and are, aren't thinking, oh, wait, I need to take a picture. Right. right. So nothing against my husband, but you know, he just, we just saw that we had a baby and it's, it's a boy and so exciting and all this stuff, you know, so he did then start taking some photos after, which is fine. But like, you know, I'm a birth photographer now and it's like, <laughs> I, I don't have yeah. any pictures of my son on his actual birthday. So, yeah. you know, that was just that, you know, a little tough, but yeah. you know, he came out screaming and he was fine. And, um, and again, now I know, but I didn't even get to hold him in the OR. Like he, you know, it wasn't even an option is that, you know, and now I'm a huge advocate of if mom's fine, a baby's fine, put that baby skin to skin, you know, yeah. um, and you, cause you can do it in the OR and you can do it safely. And, you know, and that's if, you know, everybody wants it. I'm always an advocate for that, especially with, you know, my, my C-section moms that I have like, mm-hmm. Hey, you can do that. You do not have to wait till you get back to recovery. So, yeah. 
Yeah, they weighed Patrick and he was 10 pounds even. So um, he was a big boy and baby, (laughs) big, big first baby. You know, my original OB was right. It was, it was a big baby. Um, But yeah, they weighed him and, um, you know, cleaned him off and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, so then we rolled back, you know, an hour-ish later after they closed me up um, back to my recovery room. And I remember, you know, getting back there and being like half asleep, like what just happened? And then they're like, here, we have to feed baby. And, and, you know, but you can't sit up in bed right away. So it's like, you don't know what you're doing because it's your first baby and you're awkwardly trying to breastfeed this baby while you're mm. ha- basically laying flat on your back. Cause they can't set mm. you up. You don't want your blood pressure to drop. And yeah, so it was just crazy. And then since he was big, he had to get his sh- uh, blood sugars checked. And I can't remember what check it was pretty soon after birth. It was pretty low. And they're like, Oh, great. We have to take him to the NICU. So it's like, mm. wait, what? You know? So he went to the NICU and, and I was like, okay, like, uh, how do I get down there to feed him? You know, like I'm, I'm still laying in bed. They're like, Oh, we'll supplement with formula. And I'm just like, Oh, okay. I mean, again, just all sorts of stuff that now hindsight, you know, would have done differently, but yeah. yeah. So it was just, it was just a crazy first birth experience. And I remember like the recovery being absolutely horrible because, you know, I pushed for so long and you know, obviously having a C-section and the OB who, you know, did it and closed me up, used glue, which, you know, in my almost six years of doing birth photography, I don't think I've, excuse me, ever seen anybody use glue, um, to close anybody up, but that got infected and opened and, you know, and Patrick spent five days in the NICU and literally got discharged about an hour before I got discharged. So, I mean, that was, really nice that he got to go home with us, but yeah, it was still, it was just very like a whirlwind first birth that I was, you know, afterwards, I think I would just was like, okay, well he's here and safe and that's Mm. what matters. Right. And then, which yes, but also like, no, (laughs) you know, your, your experience also matters. And, and yeah, so it was, it was just, it was a whirlwind and, you know, fortunately everything went well with him, he was a, you know, great nurser. And I, you know, had a crazy oversupply and, you know, so that, that all went well. It's just, the birth was just, was just crazy. So, you know, when we decided when Patrick was, I don't know, like 15 or 16 months old, we're like, okay, you know, we'd, we'd like maybe like a two year gap between, you know, him and the next one. Um, you know, so we started trying again and again, right away, got pregnant And, you know, so I call my OB and the message kicks on for the the OB office. And I'm like, wait a sec, her name is not on the recording. I'm like, where did she go? Mm. And I'm like, oh my God, no, 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 no. Like I, why I need, I need her because I had seen her at my postpartum visit because she was back from maternity leave. And I kind of unloaded with her with everything that happened. And, you know, I could tell she was just like, not super thrilled with it. I could sense that she just was not a big fan of the people she worked with, Um, you know, and, 
and you know, she just, she felt horrible with how everything went and it wasn't her fault. She had a baby, but you know, it's just, yeah. So yeah, I was just like, where, where did she go? Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I had just seen her, you know, for my postpartum visit, but then a year later I had just seen her for, you know, you know, your like yearly annual visit. And so I remember going to my computer and Googling her name and she popped up that she was at a new practice at, um, you know, nearby. And I was like, okay. So I called them. And at this point I'm like, you know, five minutes pregnant, just found out. And I'm like emotional and I'm like, Oh my God, I need her. Like I, 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 I can't have another one with this guy. Like I won't go to him again. And so I call and the receptionist answers and I'm now crying. And I'm like, can you tell me if Dr. Meyer is there? And she's like, well, she's not physically here today. I'm like, but she works there. And, you know, so it's just, I was a mess, but they're like, Oh no, she's taking new patients. And so Uh I felt like such relief and, you know, I got in with her and, you know, that first appointment, um, you know, she, you know, we did the ultrasound and, you know, set the due date or whatever. And then she was like, I'm just so glad you found me. She's like, it was a, a crazy, you know, scenario where I guess she had found this new job, um, and went and told the, her current office who, I guess the current office wanted her to basically like take over because it was these three really old dudes who were in line to retire. And they're like, Oh, we're mm-hmm. just going to like groom you to take over. Cause you're this young 30 something, you know, doctor. And she's like, uh, no. So mm-hmm you know, I guess she told them like, Hey, I'm giving you my 90 days or 60 days, whatever. And she said the next day she like went to the office and like her key didn't work. And one of the receptionists met her there with like a box of her stuff. And it was basically like, Nope, you're done now. And she said it was awful because she had no way to contact patients. She said she had nine month pregnant women who just think their doctor abandoned them. You know, like, and it, she said it was terrible. She couldn't get any of her stuff because, you know, she was going to send a letter, you know, to her patients, letting her know. And no, she wasn't able to do any of that. So she was just like, I'm so glad, you know, you found me and I'm hoping, you know, other patients do the same. She's like, because if you call the office over there and ask where I went, they just say I left. They, they won't oh. tell you anything. And I'm like, oh my God, that's terrible. <laughs> it's horrible. That's terrible. You know? And it's just like, I, I every, it seems like everything here is just like politics and, yeah. you know, and case in point with this. Cause it's like, let's disregard anybody's like feelings or well-being and just, you know, what, you know, make everything so divisive while she left. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to, you know, tell anybody, but oh, wow. yeah. So, so yeah. So I found her, which I was very thankful about because I was like, okay, she's done having babies herself. Now I can make sure she'll deliver mine. And, you know, from that first appointment, she said, I'm a hundred percent supportive of a VBAC. You know, if you want to do a VBAC, we can do a VBAC. And from the get go, I was like, I'm not sure. I said, I, my fear with myself is that I'm going to have another large baby. I'm going to have to push forever. They're going to ha- end up in the same way as Patrick did. And then I'm going to have a section and then I'm going to have that terrible, awful recovery, but now having a toddler to chase around as well. And that was just, that was 
such a big fear of mine. And she's like, okay, well, we don't have to decide now, you know, we can kind of go. So I felt very supportive with her that it wasn't an automatic, well, you had one C-section, you're going to have another one. Um, obviously if I wanted another one, she was very supportive, but if I wanted to do a V-back, try V-back, she was like, yeah, sure. No big deal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I felt like that was good. Um, cause I felt like I was the one in control. She wasn't the one, you know, trying to sway me one way or the other. Um, so, you know, once I got, you know, 20 weeks and again, we didn't find out, you know, what we were having and, you know, got 20 weeks and good anatomy scan. And then as I got later, you know, into the second and third trimester, baby was measuring really big again. Yeah. And I immediately was like, I, I don't want to do it again. I, I don't, you know, I don't want to chance it. And, you know, again, now looking back, you know, the, the chance of, or the be back rate, um, success rate is, you know, pretty good. Um, yeah. you know, but again, I didn't know that, you know, this was almost seven years ago mm -hmm. and, um, and, you know, still looking back, like if it was me now, you know, I'm such a planner and I get, you know, I get so worried about how I'm going to manage things after having a baby. And I just remember how horrible of a recovery I had with Patrick, just cause I pushed for so long and, you know, mm -hmm. and then one of my friends had just tried for a V-back while I was pregnant with Rosie and tried for a V-back and she posted her birth story and she pushed for two and a half hours and decided to go back for a section because baby wasn't coming. Well, good thing they did. Cause she ruptured her bladder and she was in the ICU for 10 days and then had to go home with, um, like a Foley. And I mean, just like crazy. I was like, Oh my gosh. I was like, well, what if I do that? Which of course, like the chances of that happening, but still I'm like, I pushed so hard with Patrick. Like, I don't want to you know, I don't want to chance that. So I decided, I was like, can we just schedule it? And she's like, sure, that's, that's totally fine. So, um, I wanted to schedule it closer to my due date. She, you know, my OB is like, we really suggest 39 weeks. And I was like, well, can we do like 39 and five? Because, you know, it was Easter weekend, like right before Rosie was due and mm -hmm. my husband's birthday is April 1st. So I was like, who's wait? She's like, okay. She's like, well, you, you know, you then run the chance of going into labor on your own. And then it's a, okay, we need to, you know, if do a section now type thing, um, yeah. rather than I was like, Oh no, no, I, I could get that. And I, I was fairly confident. I'm like, I didn't go into labor with my own, you know, on my own with my first. So I was like, I don't think I'm going into labor with this one, but, <laughs> and she's like, okay. Um, which I was right. I didn't, but yeah, I made it to, um, scheduled induction or not induction, excuse me, scheduled section, uh, day after Easter. And yeah, it was crazy different experience than my first, because first was an induction turn section. And this one was wild. Like I remember walking down the hall and hopping up on the OR table myself and mm -hmm. just like joking and laughing with, you know, my OB and whoever else was in there. And yeah, it was just, it was a much like more relaxed experience than my first. And, you know, I remember even saying like, 
do you, can I hold the baby in the OR? And she's like, Oh my God, sure. And I was like, okay, well, I, you know, I'm scared. I'm not going to be able to, I'm going to be shaking so bad. And she's like, well, you know, we're doing a spinal, not an epidural. Usually that, you know, makes things easier and people don't shake as much. And I was like, okay. And, mm-hmm. you know, so they started and, you know, my husband then was brought in and he got to stand up and, you know, peek over the curtain and got to announce, you know, it's a girl. And of course I'm like crying then. Cause I, you know, I guess convinced it was another boy and mm-hmm. it was just, yeah, it was, it was great. And it was just such a great, wonderful experience and so much better than, you know, my first, which was just, I don't know. I felt in control. I made the decision. I wanted a scheduled C-section, you know, I picked the date. I just, I felt like I I was very much in control with it. Um, and I feel like that's such an important part for anybody giving birth is that they feel like they are in control. And sometimes that control is a very small part of what's going on. Um, cause you know, obviously emergencies arise and I, you know, try to tell my birth clients that even in an X, Y, Z emergency, you can still be in control of something, um, you know, and, and, yeah. and making those decisions. So I, you know, I felt, I felt very good after, you know, our second and my recovery was much better. I mean, it was still a C-section, but I remember, like, Oh, my vagina's not on fire this time and swollen. And I don't have to wear an ice pack down there, you know, like (laughs) I did after my first. And it was just, it was, it was so, it was a much better experience. And, um, Mm. you know, obviously it was still harder, you know, recovery wise, and I couldn't lift, you know, our almost two-year-old at the time, but, you know, I just, I felt, I felt good with, you know, with the decision. So, Mm. So, yeah. So then kind of the same story with our third is that about, you know, when Rosie was 14, 15 months, we were like, okay, do we want a third? We want a third, you know, my husband's one of five. I'm one of three. We both knew that we wanted, you know, a little flock of kids. And, um, so yeah, again, we decided and it's like a month later, bam, pregnant. And that's wonderful. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's just, that's one thing I, we were very, very blessed with is just, you know, getting pregnant very easily. Mm. And that pregnancy was my roughest, um, from like the second I found out I was so sick Mm. and, you know, having not no symptoms or anything of pregnancy with my first and then Rosie, our second, I felt like a little, like, don't feel great, but Mm. manageable. And this one, I thought I was dying. Like I lost like 20 pounds. I just couldn't keep anything down. Couldn't eat, just felt miserable all the time. Um, my parents had booked an Alaskan cruise for us to go on, And this was the summer of 2016 Mm. and it was going to be my mom, dad, my brother, my sister-in-law, my other brother, and then my husband and I, and I was like 10 weeks pregnant and I'm like, I've got to be feeling better by now. Like, nope. And I get motion sick to begin with. So, you know, the like second we step foot on the boat, I'm like, oh, this was a mistake. And (laughs) 
I just just stayed in our little room for so much of it. And, you know, my, you know, my dad got this cruise as part of some work perk or something and, you know, came with like all inclusive drink packages and, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, so my husband and brother and sister-in-law and other brother are like, yeah, this is awesome. And I'm just like, let me die in peace. Like it was so bad. Um, so yeah, so it was just, you know, that, that, that was tough. And I feel like the, the seasickness made it, you know, even worse, but yeah. So it's just, it was, it was a very like rough pregnancy sick wise. Mm. And I, there was like, no doubt in my mind, it was another girl. Cause I was like this, this kid is doing a number on me. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it was another girl and she just like her big siblings measured very large from the get-go. Um, mm-hmm. and we, again, um, you know, I decided I'm like, oh no, scheduled C-section. So scheduled it for right at 39 weeks. Um, I had placenta previa at 20 weeks they found, and it was, um, mm. complete compl- And so, you know, my OB is like, you know, this is, you know, something we need to watch for. And of course I'm like, oh gosh, cause at this point I had been doing births for, I don't know, a few months. Like I had the, the spring of 2016 was really when I, when I captured my first birth story. So like I had just started kind of getting my feet wet and dabbling in all of this and like being more immersed in like the birth world and birth work and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And so I knew what it was and I was like, Oh no, you know? So she's like, okay, you know, we have to watch it. We're on pelvic rest you know, just kind of going forward with all that. I'm like, all right. And, you know, at 25 weeks, I think, cause they, you know, schedule follow-up ultrasounds, it, it had moved. Like mm. she said, she said it had less than a 1% chance of moving like back at like my 20 weeks. And then all of a sudden it was like completely, completely moved off. And I remember going, yeah, the tech went in was like, wait, why are you here for an ultrasound? I was like, Oh, you know, I had complete Santa Previa. And she's like, no, you don't. She's like, are you mm-hmm. sure? And she went and pulled my old ultrasound. She's like, well, sure enough. He did. It was wild. Like just wow. how, how much it moved off of there. But I was like, yay, good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, that was the only like little hiccup with that pregnancy. I was feeling horrible for basically the whole time. Um, Did you get any medication or any help for, for yeah. um, your sickness? Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, like a very common thing here is that, um, uh, Unisum and B6 vitamin, um, combo, which, you know, I was taking that at night just cause Unisum is like a sleep thing. Um, mm. and then my OB prescribes Zofran as well, um, which did help. Um, but like, I felt like it helped. It took the edge off. Like it never, it never completely took everything yeah. you know, away. Um, so yeah. So, I mean, that helped and I'm very much like, I trust her and was like, if you think this is going to make me feel better, give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, need some relief. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, so we scheduled C-section at 39 weeks. Um, for this one, since I had been doing birth photography and at this point, again, I was very new with it. I like kind of had a backup photographer, not really. Like I had somebody that I felt like I could call if I was, you know, in an absolute pinch and needed somebody, but like, I really didn't have that established relationship like I do now, which again, mm. like I, I, I've learned so much in the like almost six years of doing births because, you know, it's just, there's so much to learn. And a lot of it is experiential learning is that, you know, you can read about this stuff and have people tell you, but really to experience it and kind of see for yourself and see like, oh my gosh, yes, I do need this and this and this. Um, I feel like, you know, makes a better impact. Um, so like, I didn't have anybody I could like call on. So I remember asking my OB at my last appointment, like, okay, I can have two people in the OR, right? She's like, sure. I was like, cool. Can I bring my brother in? She's like, okay. I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to give my camera. And I'm just, cause my brother does, um, a very different type of photography he does like concerts and venues and bars and, uh, food and that kind of stuff. So mm. much different scene than like an operating room. Yeah. Um, so, so she's like, okay, that's fine. So I, you know, told my brother, I'm like, can we come snap my C-section? And he's like, wait, really? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) So he's like, okay. He's like, I think I'm going to need a Xanax or something for this. (laughs) I'm like, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. So he got there and I gave him my camera and was like, go to town, dude. And he, yeah, I mean, he did, he did a a great job. And cause I was very much like, just snap whatever. Right. And now you know, if I had him do it now, I'd have like a list of like, these are must have shots you must get. But, um, but yeah, he did, he did really wonderful with it. And, um, you know, did, did well under the circumstances of, you know, being asked to see his sister's gut ripped open and (laughs) baby pulled out. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so there's another girl. Um, she was big also at 39 weeks. She was nine one. Um, Mm. And oh, and Rosie, our second, she was big, but not as big. She was eight eleven. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I was like, okay, you know, just these big babies. And both girls had to have their sugars checked as well, but both were fine. Um, mm-hmm. And they came back up, so no experience like Patrick. So I was like, okay, good. Maybe I know what I'm doing now. Um, <laughs> you know, just to get get them their sugars up. But mm-hmm. yeah, so you know, we had three beautiful, perfect kiddos, and in you know the spring of 2018, we started talking because our kids at that point were five, three, and one. And we're like, okay, do we want another one? Do we want a fourth? And I was like, yeah, I, I think we do want a four, you know, good round number, you know? And I had asked my OB at my, you know, one year postpartum check, like, okay, are we, am I good to have another one? Like how, how's the state of my uterus? Like how many times can it be sliced open? And she, she very much was like, no, it's good. She's like, you know, there was minimal scar tissue in there with the third. And she's like, you know, we're just trying to minimize, minimize that every time we close up. And she's like, yeah, she's like, there's no, 
no concern if you guys want to, you know, have a fourth. And I'm like, okay, perfect. So, you know, once again, we were like, all right, let's have another baby. And we, again, got pregnant immediately. And, um, so which was awesome again. And we're like, okay, this is great. So we, you know, found out we were pregnant in May, I think. And he was due in February. So we were just like, okay, like, let's, let's, let's do this again. And I remember Mm -hmm. feeling very tired, um, and not super great, but nowhere near the sickness. Like I felt with Annie. So I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe this is a boy. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, we just, you know, kept going. And at this point I was still teaching, but you know, it was 2018 and my photography stuff had really taken off like with births, but also with, um, newborns and family sessions. And just like, I was busy. So mm-hmm. I, I had gone to my principal, um, at the school I was working at in the spring of 2018, before we found out we were pregnant, I was like, Hey, I need to go to part-time. Also, I need to not actually be here. Let me teach online part-time mm-hmm. um, because I had three kids at this point and I was sick of missing stuff with them. And I didn't want to have to be tied down at school, but mm-hmm. I didn't want to just not work, not teach because I, you know, I was, I was still nervous about like, oh my gosh, is this going to be a, you know, good move? Am I going to regret it? Am I going to all of a sudden quit teaching then have to go back and beg for a job a year later because this Mm -hmm. photography thing didn't work out. So, you know, my husband and I talked from like, okay, you know, let's, let's just do this part-time and see if they'll go for it. Um, because I had always all, all, excuse me, in the spring, um, early spring of 2018, I had gotten a contract with, um, one of the hospital, the big hospitals around here for birth photography. So Mm. they had never had a contract before with anybody for birth photography. And I believe they're the only ones still in the area that I know of, but they, Mm. um, promote my services throughout the hospital in OB offices. Um, you know, they give my flyers out and birth classes and, Mm. you know, all that kind of stuff. And then, um, you know, have photos up in some of the OB offices there and, you know, so I'm on the website, so it's great. Like it was marketing for me and, you know, I had a team then of, um, other birth photographers who, you know, I didn't know if our volume was going to be insane or if I was able to manage it all myself. So it's like, just again, let's have a team. And, you know, so I had that and I was like, okay, well that could take off. Then I don't need to teach, but I didn't know what that would look like. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I still wanted to have this teaching thing in my back pocket just to fall back on. So, you know, my principal was like, sure, we can do part-time. You can just teach classes online. You don't actually have to be here, you know, come in for meetings and stuff, but nothing, um, you know, nothing every day. And I was like, oh, perfect. So Mm. I was like, this is great. Like I'm basically not working at school and 
you know, can do photography whenever I want. I can make it to drop my kids off at school. We don't have to sign them up for early care, aftercare, any of that kind of stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I, you know, I, it was like a dream getting to still teach and get paid for that, but also still, you know, get to focus on, you know, photography and stuff. So yeah. I guess probably, I don't know, sometime in, September. Um, I was like maybe 16 ish weeks. And I remember telling my husband, something doesn't feel right. Hmm. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, I don't know. I like the last two. I felt like I felt like little flutters by now. Maybe I have an anterior placenta. I, I don't know. I'm gigantic. Like, I know it's my fourth, but I'm like very, very, very big. Um, I just, I was like, I don't know. I just, something feels off. And he's like, okay, well, you know, call your OB or whatever. And I remember texting her and saying, okay, my anatomy scan isn't till like after 21 weeks. Can I bump it up? Like, I'm just something doesn't feel right. She's like, well, do you want to come in and we can listen to heart tones? I was like, no, because I have a Doppler at home and I hear, you know, like I hear the baby's heartbeat, but I was like, I just, I don't know. I think I may have an anterior placenta. I just, I don't know. Something doesn't feel right. And, you know, I told her, I was like, I tried to call and they said they, they couldn't move it up because they wouldn't like detach the appointment with her afterwards with the ultrasound. She's like, let me override it. So she moved my ultrasound up to 19 weeks. And she's like, that's the earliest we can do, um, you know, for insurance to cover it, which again, that's a whole nother ball game. But um, uh, she's like, yeah, 19 weeks. And she's like, your appointment with me will be a couple days later, but it's, you know, it'll be no big deal. I'm like, okay. So again, I kept creeping closer to that appointment and I kept hearing heart tones just fine on my Doppler. But, you know, I remember thinking like, God, these are like really aggressively loud and, mm-hmm. and, and quick, like it was in like the one sixties and it was just I'm like, this just, I don't know, something feels different. And I was like, maybe it's just me being paranoid because now I'm very immersed in the birth world and I've done many births now since my own last birth. And I'm hypersensitive to everything now that comes with birth that I never really thought of before with loss and things that can go wrong and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I'm just being, you know, overreacting. And so yeah. I remember I went in for my 19 week ultrasound and I like had a meeting that morning at work and it was just, you know, it was just a a crazy day and my husband works nights. So he works 11 PM to 7 AM. So, and he's done that for the past, I don't know, like five or six years, which actually works out great because like he works overnight and then gets home and the kids get up and we get to do breakfast and take them to school and all that. And then he goes to sleep. And he sleeps all day. And then he wakes up when the kids get off of school and, you know, he didn't miss anything. Like when he used to work, he used to work like shift work, like seven to three and three to 11. He's a, uh, it's like a crime scene investigator. He's a police officer, but he's in the, 
the crime lab. So he does like all the like stuff, the stuff you see on those crime shows, Um, (laughs) but it's not as cool as that. Um, (laughs) I guess I should say it is, he does, it's a cool job and they do fingerprints and stuff, but he doesn't like, like turnaround time and everything like they show on the shows. He's like, that takes months. Like it does not take minutes, but um, (laughs) anyway, so he does that. So he works overnight and you know, that day he had worked. So I'm like, Mike, it's the fourth baby. Like you haven't come to any appointments. It's fine. Like we got this, like you sleep and you know, I'll go and it'll be fine. Mm. So I went to, you know, my anatomy scan and the ultrasound tech came and got me. And I remember walking back with her. I'm like, listen, I haven't told this baby move at all. I'm huge. I'm worried. I have an anterior placenta. I'm scared. There might be too much fluid in there. Like, I don't know hopefully you're going to call my nerves. She's like, okay, well, let's take a look. And, you know, I lay down on the table and she like puts the wand on my belly and she's on there for like 30 seconds and shuts the screen off and is like, I'm going to be right back. I'm like, what's wrong? She's like, I'm just, I'm going to go get your doctor. I'm like, oh no. And you know, so I'm like, did I see a heartbeat? I feel like I saw a heartbeat. Like what, what's going on? So, you know, I, I'm just like laying there. I'm like, should I call Mike? Like, no, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's nothing. Um, you know, and my doctor walks in and she's like, Alex, she's like, it's a boy and he is not going to make it. And I was just like, wait, what? I was like, you could tell that she looked for 30 seconds. Like what? Mm-hmm. And she like held my hand and sat down and, you know, they turned the machine thing on again and scanned. And I mean, he, you know, now, or, you know, when I looked, I was like, that doesn't look like my other kids ultrasounds. Like there's just a lot of black and mm-hmm. black, you know, is fluid. And there was a lot of black where it shouldn't have been. And, you know, I'm just like fighting back tears. And I'm like, are are you sure? Like this, like how, and, you know, so they started kind of explaining what they saw and he had a lot of edema. He had tons of fluid in places it shouldn't have been. So his head, his chest, his stomach, I mean, just all sorts of places. He had, you know, these two, massive cystic hygromas on the back of his neck. Um, he had some pleural effusions. He had high drops. I mean, he just, the poor little guy had just so much fluid mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm just like, Oh my God. And of course my OB is like, where's, where's Mike. And I'm like, he's sleeping. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, me your phone. And she called him and told him, you know, can you need to get up here now? Um, so he got up here and she took me back to her office and I guess she canceled, you know, her appointments. Um, and, you know, just kind of sat with me and, um, her nurse was able to get me in like right then with, um, the maternal fetal medicine team, just like upstairs because her Mm -hmm. office is in the actual hospital. So the MFM team was like right above her and, so they're like, okay, you have an appointment like now, like at one 30. So you guys need to go up there. My husband had just gotten there. And I remember they walked us out like the back door, which I'm like, I never knew there was a back door. Now I know, you know what it is. And it's just like, 
and then we had to take the elevator up and I'm just like trying to hold it together and explain to Mike what they saw and telling him like, surely that, that, they, they, they can't be right. Like surely there's mm-hmm. there gotta be something. And so we walked up there and the MFM ultrasound tech got us in and did, you know, scanned me for like an hour and I'm like, okay, you know, hopefully she's like finding, you know, stuff, you know, maybe going into detail to tell us that, you know, it, it's going to be this or this. And I remember, mm-hmm. you know, saying like, is his hands clenched? And she's like, no, you know, I I can't say. And, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know? So I I remember asking her questions and, you know, these poor ultrasound techs, they know what they see, but they can't tell you because that's not their job. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I remember asking her stuff and she wouldn't answer. It was just, it was horrible. So the couple MFM doctors came in and explained to us basically what my OB said. And, um, you know, said they, they saw clenched fists. They thought they saw a heart defect. Um, but there was so much fluid. They couldn't tell, like they couldn't see his bladder. Um, just all just, you name it, just, just complication after complication. And, you know, they said, well, we're, we're suspecting cause it looks like his feet are clubbed and, you know, we're suspecting trisomy 18. And I was just like, mm-hmm. what? And, I mean, it was just, it was horrible. So they're like, we really suggest an amnio, um, but they're like, but we checked with your insurance and they will not cover an amnio on the same day as a diagnostic ultrasound. I'm like, what? So they're mm-hmm. like, so we can't do it today, but we could do it tomorrow. And so, you know, like our heads are spinning and we're like, do we want to do that? Do we not? Like, I know there's a risk of, you know, miscarriage or stillbirth and, I'm just like, oh my gosh. So we went home and, you know, we had to pick the kids up from wherever. And, you know, our oldest was five and a half time. And he's just like bursting with excitement about a new baby. And I just really hope it's a boy. I want a brother so bad. And of course, I'm just like losing it in the car. And it was just, it was like gut wrenching because I'm like, we, we can't tell them yet you know, like we don't know everything that's going on. Like, and so, you know, we told our parents, um, and it was just, it was awful, you know, and just all of a sudden this baby that we thought we'd be having in the new year, you know, it's October and this baby isn't due till February. And why all of a sudden now are we, you know, now talking about this baby may not even happen. I mean, it was just, it was awful. So, (laughs) you know, we, we went to bed that night and of course, neither my husband or I really even slept because that's all we could think about was, you know, what, what, what this, you know, little guy, what's going on with him. And, you know, they're telling us at the appointment, like he doesn't have long left. And, you know, they offered us termination multiple times, which I, 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 I very much appreciate them giving all of the options. Right. Um, for us, that wasn't, that wasn't that what we, we did not want that for, for us. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I was going to have to have a C-section regardless of how this baby came out. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and that, that, that was hard. Like 
a D and E wasn't even an option, right? It, it was going to have to be a C-section. So, mm-hmm. um, but no, you know, we said, no, we'll, we'll, you know, just keep going with it and, and, you know, see, cause maybe just maybe, you know, these will clear up and high drops sometimes clear up. And so, and then, you know, like, well, we, you know, we want to see what else we can find out and if we do an amnio and all this stuff. So, um, the next day, you know, I wrote up a, a post for social media because I'm a very open person and mm-hmm. I'm also, um, a firm believer that, uh, good vibes and juju and prayers and whatever your jam is, you can send that people's way when they need it. And Mm -hmm. so I very much put it out there in the universe and asked for all of the love and prayers and support and whatever anybody wanted to send us through the the good vibe universe, you know, we would take. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I, I started, you know, obviously I posted on social media, but I started, um, you know, blogging. I'd always blogged about just silly stuff like kids' birthdays and what we did this weekend. But now, you know, I had, I was blogging just as a kind of therapeutic way to get this out into the universe and, mm-hmm. you know, just to, an outlet to, to, to put my thoughts and feelings with what's going on, you know, out there. So we ended up deciding to do an amnio, um, because, you know, at this point we're like, we, we need to know, like, is this a genetic thing? Did, did we give this to him? Did, do we have some genetic thing that we've passed on to him that we luckily didn't for the first three or did we, and we need Mm -hmm. to get them tested? You know, I don't know. It's just, we were very much, you know, wanted to know. So we went back in for the amnio and it was, you know, they prepped me for, Oh, it's going to hurt or this. And like, I didn't even feel it. Like it was, it was, it was easy. Um, so then, you know, we, we elected for, there's like three tiers of the amnio, like your initial one that comes back, you know, has like the trisomies and, and stuff. And then there's, um, another one, which is a little bit more in depth. And then there's like a full chromosomal panel. It looks at every little detail of the chromosomes. So we're like, great. Yeah, we'll do those. Well, yeah we find out that my insurance, so I was on my own insurance. My husband and our kids were on his, um, just cause it was, it was cheaper that way. Mine was included with school where I worked. Um, you know, if I jumped on my husband's, it was just so substantially more. And it's like, why would I do that when I have it through my work? Mm. Well, now we realize that we should have done that because, um, my, I was working for a Catholic school. So the insurance was Catholic. And they basically stopped covering stuff once Clark got a fatal diagnosis. So the amnio, we ended up having to pay, I think it was like $1,600 out of pocket um, because they wouldn't cover it. Um, We had some other, oh, it's so crazy. I mean, we had Mm -hmm. some other genetic testing and stuff done they didn't pay for, that was another several hundred dollars. Um, there were some appointments that we had to fight to get covered because they said they were not necessary because, you know, the baby's not going to make it. So why, why would they, why would they cover this? Um, and it's, it's, it's crazy because, you know, when you have a, 
institution like the Catholic church, who is very openly pro-life. Mm. Um, and then they don't cover these things and just made immediately write your baby off when they're given a fatal you know, prognosis. Yeah. It's just like, that's not very pro-life of you, but it's just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just like the hypocrisy of it all is just crazy. So, yeah. um, so this MFM team only delivers at, um, Barnes, which is a massive trauma surgery, trauma center hospital, um, in downtown St. Louis, which is if you are in a horrible accident or something or need a heart transplant, like that's where you want to be. It's one of the best mm-hmm. hospitals in the area, in the region. Um, it, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that MFM team only delivered down there. Well, down there is the hospital in the area that does do terminations. And I was like, I cannot deliver there. I am so scared. Someone will miss, miss, label something in my chart that this is a termination or something. And my insurance will drop coverage for me. Right. And I, I like, I cannot take that chance because I, you know, I, it, it's a great hospital, but I was like, I cannot be in a place that does these and the chance that they may mislabel or label mine as that. And then my insurance company literally drops me like, yeah. I, you know, I, again, I appreciate the option there, but like, I was so tied with my insurance company with, you know, how, you know, they've been. So it was like, nope. Uh, uh-uh. so I switched to the in-house MFM at, um, the hospital where my OB delivers, um, which turned out to be the best decision because, um, he's a wonderful guy. I'd worked with them before on, um, you know, I've had some of his patients use me for birth photos and stuff. And he's just, he's a very, very, very wonderful, knowledgeable guy. Um, he is truly the MFM you want to be with, um, mm. if, if you need one. Um, and he allowed me to still stay on with my OB because he knew how, you know, she's been there with all my other babies and just, you know, how great she is. So he's like, yes, we can kind of dual see you. And I'm like, okay. So, um, he was amazing. And he like really tried to get to the bottom of everything. Like, you know, when our genetics panel, our full genetics panel came back, that Clark's genetics were perfect. There was nothing, Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with him. No trisomies, no, nothing, no chromosomal things, nothing. And, like all of these completely rare, random ones, you know, we ran and nothing like he was, it was genetically, he was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they started looking at other sources. Whereas like me, like, did I get this virus or this virus, which has been known to attack the baby? So all of his symptoms and everything pointed to parvovirus, um, mm-hmm. which is that fifth disease that, um, uh, you know, kids get, but then obviously yeah. adults, adults can get too. And that if you get it while you're pregnant and you obviously haven't had it before, it goes and attacks the baby and just and causes high drops and basically everything he had. So they were like, okay, this is, looks like a slam dunk that that's what you have. And of course I'm like devastated. Cause I'm like, oh my God, I, I gave him something. Well, they ran, um, a panel on me and I had, you know, 
high immunity to it. So they're like, there's no way, like you've had it in the past, like there's no Mm -hmm. way you had it now to cause this. So we were kind of back to the drawing board and, um, you know, it was just appointment after appointment and ultrasound and looking at different things. And, you know, for geez, I don't know, three-ish weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course this whole time I'm blogging and writing and sharing just because that's was keeping me going. And, you know, we, we, we finally told our kids what was going on and they, um, Patrick who's five and a half and Rosie was three and a half at the time. She kind of understood. She's very literal, like the baby's going to die. Like just, mm-hmm. you know, it's like innocent, like a kid. And then Patrick was just so emotionally heartbroken over it because, you know, we told him it was a boy and mm-hmm. I, I, you know, want him here. And so, and then Annie was like one and a half, she didn't know anything was going on, but, um, you know, so it was just, hard. And, um, you know, one morning I woke up, it was October 28th of 2018. I woke up like super itchy, like my hands and my feet, like I couldn't sleep. And it was just, it was so itchy, so horrible. Um, and I had like started itching before I went to bed the night before. Um, but nothing, nothing like this. And so I text my OB like six in the morning was like, sorry to bother you. I know it's a Sunday, but like, I can't stop itching. Something doesn't feel right. She's like, okay, go to labor and delivery. I'll call over there. We'll run labs. She's like, it might be that cholestasis. She's like, it's a little early for that, but sometimes it does present in the second trimester. I'm like, okay. Mm. So went to labor and delivery. And of course, the nurses think I'm full term because I am massive at this point. Like Clark was measuring huge. He, mm-hmm. my belly was, I was, you know, 22 weeks. My belly was measuring 35. Um, wow. he was off the charts with how big he was just because of all the fluid. So we went in and, um, they couldn't find a heartbeat mm-hmm. and, you know, they checked and checked and the house OB came in and, you know, scanned and, said, you know, there was no heartbeat. And Mike and I, the night before had pulled out my Doppler for like the first time in, you know, like a month. And I was like, let's just, let's listen. Let's see if we can find it. And we did, we'd found it the night before and it sounded slower. Mm -hmm. Um, but like we found it like, cause it was very distinct because it was just so loud from Mm -hmm. mine. So I was like, okay, we lost him sometime overnight or this morning. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it was just, we knew it was coming, but it was just, you know, it it came and it was just such a gut punch because, you know, I was 22 weeks along and, you know, I I should still have, you know, 17 weeks left to go before my scheduled C-section that I had already set. And, you know, he, he wasn't due in April or October. October, you know, you're supposed to come in February and it was just, Mm. it was, it was awful. So the MFM, um, was like, okay, well I can, I can't get you in till tomorrow at 6 PM. And I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, that's like Mm. 36 hours. And I'm like, what? Yeah. It was just horrible. And you know, the, the nurse is like, no, you don't have to wait for him. You know, like we can get the house OB to do it like today. I'm like, no, like it's not that big of a deal. I mean, it is, but also like, 
no, because he needs to do it because he's been expressing concerns about, you know, X, Y, Z. So, um, so we went home and, you know, cause they're like, you can just stay in the hospital until then. I'm like, no, I'm going to go home and sleep in my own bed and get my stuff together and tell my kids. And so, yeah, we went home and told our families and told the kids and, um, my, like at this point, my like partner photographer, my backup photographer, my good friend, Victoria, she's like, hi, we're going to go do maternity pictures tonight. I'm like, no, I'm not in the mood. I don't want to. She's like, okay, meet me at the park at five. And I was like, no, I don't. She's like, I'm not taking no for an answer. And I just, to this day, I'm so grateful for her for pushing and not taking no, because, um, we went and did them and they're some of my most these perfect golden hour sunset. Some of my you know most favorite pictures that we have of him. And, um, yeah. So the next morning woke up and posted on social media, what was happening and, you know, okay. The outpouring of love and support was just incredible. And, you know, I took a couple, you know, last minute, like self-portrait things and we went in and Victoria met us there. Cause I was like, well, I want this kid's birth captured. You were going to capture it in February. Now you're just going to capture it now. Mm -hmm. And she did. And she, I look at those pictures every single day and they're just, they're beautiful. And, you know, Clark came out and they guesstimated him. They didn't weigh him till several hours after birth, which when they weighed him, he was two twelve. Um, and they guesstimated him when he was born, he was about four pounds, like he at 22 weeks. I mean, he was a big, big guy, but he lost a ton of fluid after, after he came out. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, it was another C-section. Um, it was a little scarier because my placenta was like 10 times the size of what it should have been. Um, Mm. it was sitting right above my past scar. So they were worried they may have to cut through the placenta. I had blood on standby had multiple IVs. And fortunately everything went better than they were anticipating it would. But, um, you know, we, we had our parents bring up, um, our big kids, um, Mm -hmm. which I'm so glad they did because we kind of went back and forth. Like, do they need to see this? And I'm like, yes, they do. They need closure. Like, especially, Patrick and Rosie, you know, and we want these pictures. Like this is our, this is our family. This is probably the only time we're going to have this complete family photo. So, um, yeah, so they came up and, you know, we got to hold him and cuddle him and get pictures. And, you know, I stayed in the hospital then for a couple days and then left the hospital without a baby, which is the Mm. absolute hardest thing I think I've ever done. Um, yeah, it must have been incredibly hard for you guys. It, you know, and it was, and I said in the hospital, I'm like, we're never having another baby. Like that's it. I cannot do this again. Cannot chance this mm-hmm. again, especially because we had no idea what happened to him. Like all of the tests came back, you know, fine. And, um, you know, and it was just, it was terrible. And then shortly after that, the bills started rolling in from the insurance company from them not covering stuff. Um, I think we ended up paying like $6,000 out of pocket to not bring a baby home. Um, It's incredible that you have to worry about those things when you're going through such an incredibly difficult time. It's just, it blows my mind. 
it it's yeah it's uh-huh <laughs> so <laughs> um so that coupled with just some things how my work handled everything I was like I I I'm done like I mm. I'm done teaching um I don't care that I'm quitting in the middle of the school year like I'm done I need to mm. take care of myself and it is not good for my mental health to continue with this school or this establishment. Yeah. And, um, so I quit mid-year and that was, you know, I think Clark every single day for that push, because I don't know if I would have ever gotten that push to actually stop teaching and just do photography. Like he yeah. gave me the best push, the best confidence boost that he could have then mm. to just quit. And I mean, it, it worked out has worked out amazingly. And I do, I thank him every single day for that because I mean, I taught for 11 years and I have a master's degree in education and I will probably never use it again. Um, and, and that's okay because sometimes it takes you a little bit to figure out what you're meant to be doing, but absolutely hundred yeah. percent. It's a beautiful gift. <laughs> yeah. And I do, I love it. And, you know, so then 2019 hit, and I was committed to making that my year and committing to honoring our little guy. And, you know, I, I started offering um, my services, which I call Captures for Clark, which are um, donated birth stories to families facing, you know, difficult or fatal prognosis of their babies, just like we did. And I cannot mm. tell you how many of those I've captured over the past almost three years. Um because I just, I know how important those photos are for, for families and, you know, the hospital I'm contracted with, I provide all of the bereavement services for them. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, when they have a loss come in that wants photos, uh, you know, after birth, obviously my captures Clark stuff, they, they pre-book me because I obviously need to know, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, about, you know, when they're gonna have the baby and stuff, but, um, just like the regular bereavement stuff, I, you know, I, I go in at the drop of the hat and, you know, give those photos to those families that, you know, I know just as much as they do, how important they are and how needed they are. So that, you know, yeah. it kind of gives, gives me a little motivation, you know, to do that. But, yeah. um, I'd say a couple months after, you know, we had him, um, I very much, um, I very much changed my tune and was like, we can't end on that. We can't end on Mm. the loss. I need, I need that baby that I didn't, that isn't in my arms right now. Um, so my husband and I are like, okay, like this is going to be hard and terrifying and awful and scary, but we pray and hope and all of that, that the end result will be what we, what we need, you know, to, to kind of help us, help us heal, never replacement, but just, you know, something to, to fill our arms that while they're empty. And so, um, again, got pregnant right away and Mm. it was so terrifying and so scary. And I have said to multiple people that pregnancy after loss, especially after a loss where you actually have to physically deliver your Mm. baby and, Mm you know, pick your baby up from a funeral home. Um, you know, that it's just, it's so 
so difficult because you have just crippling anxiety all day, every day. If Mm. this baby, now that you're caring is going to end up the same way as the one you lost, if you are going to get to bring a baby home. And so it was, it was difficult, you know, and I, again, I kept blogging because that helped writing as an outlet um, Mm. for me. And you know, that, that really helped kind of funnel my thoughts, but it it was just, it was very difficult. Um, and you know, now in hindsight, I cannot imagine doing that now. Like Mm -hmm. it was 2019. So this is pre COVID, right? Not, not long before COVID, but but pre COVID. (laughs) Right. And I can't imagine going through pregnancy after loss now with COVID restrictions and hospitals and doctor's appointments and all of this stuff, like that may have sent me over the edge. So I guess I feel very fortunate that, you know, it was, it was still pre COVID um, Mm. because there was a lot of things that happened with Teddy, you know, our little rainbow baby's birth story that um, were very redemptive and healing and um, that I needed. And would not have happened if we had him during COVID stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I'm very, very thankful for that. But um, yeah, I mean, so got pregnant quick and easy, you know, for all the big three kids, we never found out what we were having. Clark, obviously we found out. Um, Mm. And then with Teddy, I had so many ultrasounds that because they were just very, very, very cautious with him because they never knew what happened with Clark. I had an appointment almost every week. I had ultrasounds like twice a month. You know, they just wanted to make sure that nothing was wrong with this baby. Um, And I don't remember, it was like 15 or 16 week ultrasound. The tech put the wand on my belly and Teddy was like spread Eagle. And it was just clear as day. He was a boy. (laughs) Um, So she's like, Oh, I'm like, it's fine. So, you know, I obviously told my husband and, you know, we had asked the kids, we're like, do you guys want to know if it's a brother or sister, if we can find out? And they're like, no, we want to be surprised. So it's like, okay. So (laughs) we, my husband and I were the only ones to do, we just played it up that we didn't know what the baby was when really Mm. we did. And it was actually kind of fun that we knew, um, for the first time, because I allowed myself as we got really close to his, um, you know, arrival date to like order some name stuff, custom name mm-hmm. stuff and swaddles and stuff that we'd never had with other big kids. Cause we never knew if they were boys or girls. So, right. um, yeah, so I dual saw my OB and, um, the MFM and like my OB, I just adore her. I mean, she, was with me all for Clark's pregnancy. She scrubbed in for his Clark's C-section. She came and brought me food and sat and just chatted with me every single day I was in the hospital and would constantly text me and just to check in. And, you know, she painted me this like amazing um, wall art that Christmas that year and dropped it off my house. I mean, it was just like total above and beyond the call of duty. Um, with her. So, you know, I, I was like, no, you have to deliver this baby. Um, she's like, yes, but I want you to see Dr. Paul too. You know, so they kind of dual saw me, but everything with Teddy's pregnancy looked perfect. Um, Mm. I mean, everything we could have asked for, but again, it was just so hard because I would get 
crippling anxiety before every appointment. I'd break out in like a hive rash across my chest because that's just what happens when I get anxious mm-hmm. and nervous. And before every appointment, because I was like, we're going to go in and they're going to give me bad news. Mm-hmm. Um, and Teddy wasn't that big of a mover. Like I remember my big three, um, you know, so that was nerve wracking too. I mean, he moved, but it was not like this, like vicious, ferocious kicks, like the big three did. Um, he just was like more subtle, which you'd think he'd be like a subtle kid now. Absolutely not. He's a tornado, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah. So then we, my MFM and my OB decided fifth C-section it's, 371 days after Clark's C-section, which whoops, that was a little closer than they wanted. But, um, you know, they're like, we do not want you going past 37 weeks. So mm-hmm. the MFM really wanted it 36. I was like, can we do 37? Like, cause then he's technically term, right. He doesn't get that preemie label. Um, so we scheduled it for exactly 37 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and went in my, you know, partner, buddy, Victoria slept over at our house the night before, like followed us to the hospital, documented the whole thing, like walking in and getting checked in. And, you know, at this point now it's 2019, I'd had the contract with the hospital for almost two years. Um, you know, they knew my story with Clark. I'm there all the time with my own birth clients and, you know, losses. So, you know, I got to handpick my nurses and <laughs> in what oh, room great. I wanted. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was great. Um, but you know what, the one thing I wanted, cause this was my last birth, um, cause I was getting my tubes taken out because I'm apparently can look at my husband and get pregnant. And I was like, I, we don't want any more kids. Like I'm, I've had five C-sections. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't want to risk a, a uterine rupture or And, you know, like we're just, we're complete. Like our family is going to be complete. So, Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I was getting my tubes taken out while they were, you know, in there. And I told my OB, I'm like, okay, I do births for a living. Like it's my job. Like I need to take my own birth photos. And she's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Mike is going to hand me my camera right when you pull the baby out and I'm going to take photos of, yeah. of, from my perspective. And she's like, okay, <laughs> she's like, wow. you're crazy, but she's like, whatever, Alex, do you want to do that? You go for it and do it. And so she was just wonderfully supportive in that. And, you know, told the anesthesiologist, like, don't strap her arms down. Um, <laughs> you know, like let her move. Um, so yeah, so we roll back in the OR and it was, again, it was, you know, I tell people all the time, and I just had a mom a couple weeks ago have the same experience. You can have redemptive healing births in the OR Mm. with epidurals in a hospital. Like they don't have to be, you know, giving birth in a field by yourself outside. Right. I mean, they can be right, but they, (laughs) but they they don't have to be. And, you know, I'm a walking example of, of that. And it pains me to see sometimes in groups like, oh, this day I had to have a C-section. And so I feel gutted every time I see somebody have to have a C-section. And it's like, I get that. Sometimes it's a horrible situation and traumatic and whatever, but they're not all bad. And C-sections can be redemptive. And that's what I I feel like this one was. And again, like the timing, I don't think it would have been as 
joyful, wonderful a year later in 2020, because, Mm -hmm. you know, I wouldn't have been able to have my birth photographer in there and my husband. Right. Um, I would have probably had a mask on in the OR, which is still just like crazy to me. Um, you know, and I always tell my clients, I'm like, pull it down. (laughs) I want to see your face. (laughs) Tell them you can't breathe. Um, but yeah, so they pulled Teddy out and my husband gave him my camera and I'm just sitting there on the table snapping away. And you know, my birth photographer, I told her, I'm like, the one shot I want you to get is you got to get me taking pictures on the table. Cause like, no Mm -hmm. one's going to believe me. So, (laughs) so yeah, I mean, it was, it was great and it was perfect. And he came out screaming and he was seven fifteen, um, mm-hmm. which is great size, almost eight pounds for a 37 weeker. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and he just, it was just this perfect redemptive healing birth. Um, my friend Tiffany who lives in, she's a photographer in Michigan was in town for a wedding and extended her, her, cause she was shooting a wedding on Saturday and we had Teddy on a Monday. So she didn't fly home till Tuesday. So she, uh, met after my kids got out of school, the big kids, she met them at the elevator and made this like absolutely gorgeous, you know, big kids meeting their little sibling video mm. and pictures. And again, something that I don't see ever happening anytime in the future here in St. Louis, yeah. like kids are not allowed in the hospital anymore. Like, yeah. you know, as visitors. So it's just that those pictures, I mean, it's still, it's, um, it's the screensaver on my computer is that picture of all three of them peering over the bassinet. And, you know, it was just the timing with everything was perfect. And it just, I still look back and just, that was, that was this redemptive healing birth that I needed after the one where 371 days later, you know, before in this exact same OR, we lost Mm. our son. And then a year and a few days later, we we had one that came out alive and screaming and, you know, that was just, yeah. it was just, it was amazing. And yeah. Oh, wonderful. I can't believe we managed to get all five in, didn't we? <laughs> I know we did. And I just, I'm sorry, I'm long-winded. I just like chatting. <laughs> it's wonderful. I, I've just been sitting here listening and taking it all in. Um, before, before we end though, are there I've been writing down some references and yeah. obviously your blog and, and your, your Instagram and everything, but are there any references uh, next to that, that you could recommend to other mamas out there? Yeah. You know, um, I mean, I'm sure there's tons I could recommend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, there's just, there's so many, so much good information out there um, mm. for really whatever, walk of life, you know, having a baby postpartum, whatever that you can. And, you know, I feel like Instagram's my best friend because there are so many amazing accounts out there for pregnancy after loss or mm-hmm. postpartum or VBAC or scheduled C-section or whatever it is. And I feel like surrounding yourself with those kind of accounts really makes you feel empowered about whatever stage of life you're in, whether it's pregnancy or during Mm -hmm. pregnancy or postpartum or whatever, like, and, you know, the more you can surround yourself with that and the knowledge that these people, you know, give it like, that's just, 
you know, the, the best, yeah. you know, thing that you can yeah. have. And um, how can our listeners or my listeners reach out to you if they want to see your photos or, or read your blog or, or anything? Yeah. Um, Instagram is, you know, a great, um, you know, way to connect. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I have like my photography website, um, all my blog stuff is on, um, like my personal blog, but I think I have it linked everywhere. If not, I can get people links and stuff, but, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Instagram is usually good. Facebook's good, except I, Facebook's silly and I like missed messages that are sent to me, um, <laughs> which is like why I have an auto thing. That's like, please email me. because I didn't see this, yeah. um, <laughs> but Instagram is normally the best. because that's, I don't know. I feel like that's the best platform that I always, always see stuff come across. Uh, great. And what's your tag there? If you don't mind, um, it's birth stories by mm -hmm. Alexandria Mooney. I know Great. it's like the longest thing ever. Um, <laughs> Perfect. Don't worry. We will link to everything on the show notes page also. So people can look it up if they need Perfect. it. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, great. Thank you so much, Alex, for coming on and sharing with me today. Yes. Thank you for having me.